بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا بكم Welcome my brothers and sisters to Masjid al-Sunnah in Bradford a house from the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherein we strive to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without ascribing any partners to Him wherein we strive to follow the sunnah of Al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Masjid al-Sunnah in which we try to call the people to the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the best of this Ummah, the Sahaba of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ahlam bikum, my dear brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters. I welcome you on this day, the 13th of Rabi'u thani in the year 1437 after the Hijrah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam corresponding to the 23rd of January 2016. Then we welcome you to this second part in the series entitled Death and the Three Principles. The three principles which evolve around the three questions, my brothers and sisters, each and every one of you will be asked in your grave who is your Lord what is your religion and who is your messenger or who is this man that was sent so last week we covered what will happen to your soul as it leaves your body what will happen to the good soul that has been good in this life and obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what will happen to a wretched evil soul which has been disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that was done last week and those who missed it you can download it from the website as for today then we will cover a topic that every single one of you my brothers and sisters will face without a shadow of a doubt and that is that there will come a point we are sitting right now and we are breathing there will come a point when your loved ones when your husband whether your wife your father your mother your son your daughter will close your eyes for the very last time and they will straighten your body and they will rush right now we spend time with our loved ones to the point where many of us don't strike the balance that our loved ones they consume so much of our time but oh my brother, my sister, there will come a time that very loved one will rush to wash you, to wrap you, to lower you into the ground and cover you with soil. 
So remember that, my brothers and sisters, that that is the inevitable journey. So today we will cover that journey of washing the body, shrouding it, and burying it. And that which you hear today, my brothers and sisters, I ask you that every step that you picture yourself. Because indeed, this, that which you are going to see today is not in connection with others, rather it is in connection with you. So we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to give you the knowledge according to the Quran and the Sunnah, that which is authentic. Because as the questions have been coming over the weeks, we find that there are many practices that people fall into during this time of death and burial that are not established upon the Sunnah. The structure of today, my brothers and sisters, is that the workshop is split into three parts. The first part we will look and answer the various questions that have come through yourselves via the internet and via the bookshop and we will answer those questions in accordance to what the scholars have said so many of the scholars from our times from the likes of Sheikh Al-Uthaymeen Sheikh Ibn Baz Sheikh Albani Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan and from the permanent committee of the Mamlaka and likewise from Sheikh Muqbil our brother Abu Humaid Salim Ahmed has spent time researching the answers to your questions and we will present the answers to them. Before we commence, my brothers and sisters, we have something that those who have preceded us have not. And that is, we have our books which are open. And the angels are writing by your side. As for those that have passed away, their book has been closed. As for you, my dear brother, your book is still open. And the angels are writing. So that which has preceded you, from what has preceded you, has passed you. But what you have is the opportunity to write in your book a tawbah. That tawbah that those that have passed away don't have the opportunity to make. So take this opportunity, my brothers and sisters, to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has created you, and ask for his forgiveness. For indeed, you will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ever-forgiving. Ask for forgiveness and race to good deeds. Walillah alhamd, you have the opportunity to clean the slate and move towards your Lord with good deeds. For indeed, you are on a journey, even though you are sitting on this red carpet. <clears throat> And that journey, my brothers and sisters, is to your Lord. So ask yourself, 
How would you like to meet your Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No doubt, we all want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with us. So reflect upon that, my brothers and sisters, as we go through this workshop. I make today the start of a new beginning where every single day of our lives we take ourselves to account and we ask how have we bettered ourselves and how have we got closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by those actions which are legislated from the Quran and the Sunnah from those actions which are established in the Sunnah and we stay away from those actions which are not established upon the Quran and the Sunnah for indeed every goodness my brothers and sisters is found in following the sunnah so with that inshallah we will start our session today with the first question which has come in and the questioner asks is it permissible to recite Sud Yasin by the side of the person who is on his deathbed before we answer the question at your ikhwah, these answers don't go outside of being the answers of, as Abu Ibrahim, our brother, he mentioned, the answers either given by the Mashaykh of our times, Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, Rahimullah, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih, Al Uthaymeen, Rahimullah, Sheikh Nasruddin al Albani, Rahimullah. Likewise, the permanent committee, the legend al Daima, the legend al Daima, Lil Ifta, the permanent committee in Saudi Arabia that issued religious verdicts. Likewise, our Sheikh and our father. Sheikh Saleh ibn Fawzan, Hafizullah. As for the answer to this question, is it permissible to recite Surah Yasin by the one who is on his deathbed? Death is approaching him. Those who are by his side, just before he dies, is it permissible for them to recite Surah Yasin? This is something that is a common practice amongst the people. The answer, it is not permissible due to the hadith being da'if, being weak. That which is well known is that the hadith is weak. However, reading the Qur'an without specifying Surah Yasin, then this is something which is something which is good. That perhaps the person may hear something and is reminded, reminded to make tawbah, reminded to turn back to his Lord, but with other than or without specifying Surah Yasin. As for reading Surah Yasin or any other Surah by the grave, again, this is something which is a common practice, reciting Surah Yasin by the grave after the person has died and after the person has been prayed over, after he's been buried under the ground, that the people they recite Surah Yasin by the grave. And this is something likewise which has no basis and is from the innovations. 
the questions and answers that we are going through and likewise the practical demonstration then we have printed every single question and answer and likewise the practical steps and inshallah we will give them to you at the end of the workshop so you can take them away and go over your notes and likewise you can utilize the notes step by step because there will be an opportunity the third part of the workshop where you yourself can go through the practical so you can learn how to wash and shroud the body so the full handouts the questions and answers and the step-by-step -step process of washing the body will be given to you inshallah at the end of the workshop so the second questioner asks what's the ruling on saying the adhan in the ear of the dying person this was answered by Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah and he's, he answered saying that the adhan, giving the adhan in the ears of the dying person is likewise bid'ah, an innovation. The questioner asks, leaving the dead body in the house so the relatives can come and bid farewell. The answer is this is in opposition to the sunnah since the Prophet ﷺ ordered with hastening meaning rushing with the burial. However, as for waiting an hour or two or a short period after the death, then there's no problem with that. A short period, an hour, two hours. If there's someone traveling from a relative, a close relative from somewhere far, then to wait for that person a short period and this is something that is permissible, again answered by Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah. The questioner asks, is it permissible to kiss, kiss the dead person? Yes, this is something that is permissible. Permissible, it's permissible to uncover the face and kiss the dead. That is something that was answered by Sheikh Ibn Baz, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, Sheikh Al-Albani and Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan. What is the ruling on the one washing the dead person? Is it wajib for him to make ghusl or wudu? So this is referring to the one who washes the body, washes the dead person. After he washes the dead person, does he have to make ghusl? Is it obligatory for him to make ghusl or make wudu? The answer is that whoever washes the dead person, then it is befitting that he makes wudu. It is befitting that he makes wudu. This is what some of the Sahaba gave fatwa in. This is what they gave fatwa in. As for making ghusl, then that is not wajib. It is not wajib. For the Muslim, the Muslim is not, is not najis. He's not, so, he's not someone who, by touching him, you become that you have touched something that is najas and requires ghusl. But it's better for you to make wudu. However, ghusl is not something that is wajib. A common practice among our people is that when they pass away, they transport the body to a foreign country, Pakistan or Bangladesh or India. So the questioner asks, is it permissible to transport the dead person to another country? The answer given by 
Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he answers, or he answered the question and said that this is permissible for a correct reason. However, it is better to bury the body in the land in which he or she died. There is some detail to this uh, concerning some of the things that they do when they transport a body. I think it's uh, useful to mention here that when the corpse is transported via airplane or even sea, that the regulation is that the blood from the body has to be totally drained. So all the blood is extracted from the body first. Then it is filled with some other chemical of some sort to ensure that the corpse doesn't become uh, bad during the flight. So even if we were just to look at it from that angle, who from us wants our loved ones to go through that pain and agony? That the blood is extracted from the body and various other actions are done on the body and then transported nine hours in the, uh, the bottom of a plane and then buried in a foreign land. Our brothers and sisters, there is safety and there is goodness in following the sunnah which is to bury the dead in the place that he or she passes away. However, uh, just to add, the Sheikh, he mentions that it is permissible for a correct reason. So if a person finds himself in this situation where a, a relative or someone close to them has passed away and they are deciding whether to send the body back home or to another country, then in this situation really it's better that they try to put the question forward to Ahlul Ilm and they, they look at the situation and answer and see whether that falls under a permissible reason or a legislative reason. The next questioner asks, the sister asks, that if a pregnant woman miscarries her baby, is the <coughs> fetus sprayed over, is it washed and is it shrouded? The answer is that it is not to be prayed over, nor washed, nor shrouded, except for if the soul has been blown into, into the fetus. That it is not to be washed, not to be shrouded, unless the soul has been blown into it. The soul is blown into the fetus when it reaches four months. As has come in the hadith, and it is, and is, mentioned, it is mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, that the soul is blown into the fetus after four months. As for if it completes four months, so this is referring to the fetus that has not reached four months, hasn't completed four months, Afwan. That the fetus has to complete four months. Not that it reaches the fourth month, but it reaches the fourth month and, and completes the fourth month. If it doesn't complete four months, then it, it is buried only. If the fetus in the womb, after a miscarriage, doesn't 
complete four months, then it is buried only. Since the soul hasn't been blown into, into it yet. The baby that is four lunar months, four lunar months, from the point of conception, completes four months. It must complete four months. Not that it began the fourth month, but completes the fourth month. If this was the case, then now we would wash, we would shroud, pray over and bury the, the baby. That's the answer given by Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah. A pregnant woman <clears throat> passes away when the fetus is two months old. Are they both buried together? Is this permissible? And so, here now we're talking about a pregnant woman who dies along with the baby or the fetus in her womb. The answer is yes. She's buried with the miscarriage together, just like everyone else in the same manner. That question was put forward to the legend at Daim at the Permanent Committee of Major Scholars in Saudi Arabia. The questioner asks... Is it permissible for a woman who is menstruating to wash the deceased? It is permissible for a menstruating woman to wash dead women and shroud them and likewise her husband. She's allowed, the menstruating woman, the woman who is on her periods, she is allowed to wash the dead body of a woman or her husband. She's not allowed to wash any other man except for her husband and so menstruation is not something that prevents a woman from washing the deceased the questioner asks are there any particular times wherein it is recommended to bury the dead and are there <clears throat> any particular times where it is prohibited the answer given by the permanent committee it is permissible to bury the dead at any time except for the prohibited times when the sun is rising up until it is fully risen likewise the midday point the midday point and whilst the sun is setting until it sets is it a condition when lowering a woman into the grave that the one lowering her is from her guardians or from her maharim? The answer is that it's, it is not a condition that the one lowering the woman into the grave. We're not talking about the washing. We're talking about lowering the body into the grave after she has been washed, after she has been shrouded. Is it permissible to lower for a man other than her maharim, other than her maharim, those men who it is permissible for her to uncover in front of, is it permissible for a stranger, another man, to lower her body into the grave? The answer is that it is not a condition. It is narrated from Anas ibn Malik, and that he said that Abu Talha, Abu Talha, he lowered the daughter of the Prophet 
into her grave and that, that hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim or Afwan, Al-Bukhari and Ahmed Imam Ahmed The questioner asks do we pray over the one who has a debt that is yet to be settled so he dies and he has a debt The answer is praying over the Muslim is wajib praying over the Muslim is wajib whether he is in debt or not as for leaving off praying over the, the one in debt that was specific to the Prophet because there are some narrations that the Prophet he didn't pray over the one who was in debt until that debt was cleared at the beginning the Prophet couldn't settle their debts for them and then later later on when he could when he was able to he he would pray over them and so in summary this was specific to the Prophet in a specific situation. The matter of debt ayul ikhwa is something that is serious. It's one of the first things, the first thing that the relatives of the deceased should do is pay the debt, the debts of the deceased, the dead person. For indeed, it's come in some narrations that this holds back it. It holds back the deceased. His body is is mu'allaq. Uh, is it's it's like hanging until I'm waiting until that de- that debt is is cleared. That answer was given by the permanent committee of major scholars in Saudi Arabia. Is it permissible for a woman to pray over the deceased? It is permissible for a woman to pray over the dead regardless of whether that's on her own or behind the men. It's permissible for her to pray the janazah, prayer, whether she's on her own or behind the men, because dua is something that is requested, something requested from the Muslims, both men and women. The questioner asks, is it permissible for a woman to lead other women for Salatul Janais? It is permissible for her after, after washing the body, for the woman after washing the body and shrouding the body, it's permissible for her to pray the Janazah or to lead other women in praying the Janazah. Uh, outside of that area where the washing took place um, and she's to stand in the middle of the first row she's to stand in the middle of the first row amongst the women and the next question is a question that we had asked by more than one person and it is a, a situation that we find many of the Muslims falling into and the question is that in the graveyard of the Muslims we find people have built tombstones and they have placed marble over the graves of the deceased with their names and their date of births and their lineage and so on and so forth. You have the shahada on there and du'as and other things. So the question is what's the ruling on doing this? Again, the answer given by the permanent committee, the legend of Daima, it is not permissible to write on the graves. It is not permissible 
to write on the grave due to the prohibition of the Prophet and due to this leading to exaggeration and this leads to exaggeration of the deceased exaggerating as it relates to the dead person going to exaggeration and is likewise a means to shirk also writing la ilaha illallah the kalima within the grave and then placing the dead placing the dead body over it or writing the kalima on some cloth and placing that over the grave or on the casket on some cloth and then placing that over the, the casket whether that be after the shrouding and taking the body to the graveyard likewise in the grave within the grave none of that is permissible and is from the innovated matters likewise placing a picture of the deceased by the grave or on the tombstone none of this is allowed and likewise another question that came um, concerning plastering the graves and this is something that has come clearly in the hadith in Sahih Muslim where the messenger of Allah وسلم, he, he prohibited from this in relation to that particular question then here in the United Kingdom it is actually a legal requirement that every grave is marked with the person in the grave so you find the, the small wooden placard at the head of the grave. So this is something that is established from the authorities and one doesn't have a choice in the matter. So that is outside your due restriction and you have to follow that particular legal requirement of the country. Just to add to that likewise, it's permissible to, to mark the grave with a stone or something small stone or something which allows you to distinguish that particular grave. But without without writing the name but excusing or as Abu Ibrahim he mentioned that in this country it's something which is required however in a land where it's not required then if you're in the situation then it's allowed for you to place a stone or something that allows you or it allows you to distinguish the grave of that person the next questioner asks that we find that once the deceased has been buried, that we find the people, they raise their hands <coughs> and they make dua after they have buried the person and they read surah, uh, the surah Al-Fatiha. Is this permissible? A common question, many people ask this question. Is it allowed to raise the hands in dua once the dead person is in his grave? And to recite Surah Al-Fatiha or Surah Yaseen or any other surah. That which is legislated is to stand by the grave after the burial and make dua for the deceased for forgiveness and firmness. As has come in the hadith, Istaghfiru li'akhikum. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, he used to say to the Sahaba, Istaghfiru li'akhikum. Seek forgiveness for your brother. Was'alu lahu bit-tathbeet and ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he grants him 
tathbeet, firmness, these two things, forgiveness and firmness. And so it is, it is permissible to make dua, but without raising the hands, it is permissible to make dua and without, and, and without doing that in a group, as a group, making dua together as a group, raising the hands and making dua together as a group, that is not permissible. But every Muslim makes dua on his own. Every Muslim makes dua on his own. As for reading Surah Al-Fatiha or anything else from the Quran by the grave, then that is an innovation and not allowed. How then do you make that dua? Then that is by saying, Allahumma gfirlahu wa thabbithu. Allahumma gfirlahu, Allahumma thabbithu. Three times. Three times for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, whenever he used to make dua, then commonly he would ask three times. That's what Shaykh Ibn Taymiyyah he mentions that you say Allahumma Allahumma gfillahu wa thabbithu. So you are asking for those two things. Oh Allah, forgive him and grant him firmness. Firmness as it relates to what? As we mentioned last week, Ayyul Ikhwa, concerning the questioning in the grave. Concerning answering those three questions. That answer was given by Ibn Uthaymeen. The next questioner asks that nowadays we find in our city that the people, that they go to the graveyard and they make dua by the grave. And when we ask them, they say we are making dua for the dead. So is this permissible? As for going out to the graveyard and giving salam to the people of the graves and making dua for them, then this is a sunnah that has come from the Prophet ﷺ. But as for going to and specifying the graveyard to make dua, specifying the graveyard as a place for making dua, then this is an innovation that a person specifies the graveyard and says that's a place, a good place to make dua. Make dua to Allah over there by so-and-so's grave. There's barakah there. There are blessings there. And this is something that is an innovation. And if a person has the belief, the i'tiqad, the belief that making dua to Allah by, by the grave of so-and-so person, there is barakah in that, blessings, then this is even greater in, in the prohibition and can lead to a shirk. The questioner asks that we find in our city that the people, they have accustomed themselves to placing flowers and roses over the grave and making dua by raising their hands. And if you were to visit, as we should, to remember death, the local graveyard, the place is full of flowers. So the question is very relevant. So the questioner asks, is placing flowers and roses upon the grave and raising the hands and making dua, is this from the sunnah and is it permissible? The answer, the Prophet ﷺ did not used to carry flowers and place them on the graves. Nor did he used to face the, the qibla and raise his hands in dua. Rather he used to say, Assalamu alaikum dar qawmin mu'mineen wa inna insha'Allah bikum lahiqoon 
And so a person does not make dua by raising his hands, but he makes the dua that has come in the sunnah, and in the sunnah there is khair. And that, was, that answer was given by Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah. The questioner asks, how do I send condolences to the family of the deceased? So condolences meaning someone has passed away. How do we go and show our condolences to this person? The best thing to say is that which has come from the Prophet the meaning of which is that to Allah belongs that which he took and to him belongs that which he gives and everything with Allah has a prescribed period and time and be patient and seek reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, The questioner asks, When is the time to send these condolences to the family of the deceased? Is it straight after hearing of the death? Or is it given after the burial? The answer is that the condolences are to be given after the death and it is not a condition that it must be after the burial. The questioner asks, is it permissible to cry over the deceased and wail? Very important question, Ayyul Ikhwa. The answer, as for crying over the deceased, as for crying over the deceased, then that is something natural and normal. And a person is not able to prevent that. But as for wailing, and the meaning of wailing, ayyul ikhwa, is to cry out loud. To cry out loud with grief and anger, to display grief and anger. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever strikes the cheeks, whoever strikes the cheeks, tears the clothes, and calls out with the cries of the days of Jahiliyyah, the days of ignorance, then he is not from us. That the person is not from us. And also the one whom the people wail over is punished. The one, the dead person. Whom the, whom the people wail over is punished due to their wailing. The Prophet ﷺ cried at the death of his son, Ibrahim. And he said, it, yani the weeping, the crying, the weeping, is a mercy. The eyes shed tears. The heart feels sad. But we do not say except that which pleases our Lord. We are indeed saddened by your departing, O Ibrahim. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, it is not allowed for a woman. It is not allowed for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day to mourn over a dead person for more than three days except for her husband. 
whom she mourns over for four months and ten days. And so, this is something that we need to be careful of when it comes to someone passing away in the family. And we see that the women folk are quick to, to, to cry, to show their anger, to show their grief. This is something that we should remind them, remind them of that which has come clearly in the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. The questioner asks, what is the ruling on traveling to another city to give one's condolences and to pray the janazah? So for example, as is common, that if you have a relative in Birmingham or London that passes away, is it permissible for us to travel to give our condolences and to pray the janazah? The origin is that there is no problem with this. There is no problem with this. That which I see, meaning Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen, Rahimullah, that which I see is that if the journey is a journey that permits the shortening of the prayers, meaning it's a journey wherein you will shorten your prayers, a journey which allows you to shorten your prayers, then that is not befitting that a person travels to give condolences. Except, except for if the deceased, the dead person, is someone that is very closely related to the person, like a father, mother, brother, sister, uncle, or uncles, uncle or uncle's son, your uncle's son, or, or your nephew, your niece. And so here, it can be said that there is no problem due to the strength and that quwa in the that strength in the in the relationship and this is something ayul ikhwa which we need to be aware of because uh, as salafis and as ahli sunnah then it's important for us to keep the ties that you may find someone who someone very close someone very close to him has passed away not that far in a different city but but close but he says, I'm not going to travel to, make, to give the condolences. Salaf didn't used to do this. However, the A'imma, they are the most knowledgeable of what the Salaf and the Sahaba and the, the A'imma of this Ummah, what they would do. And they are the most knowledgeable concerning gathering all of these evidences together and coming to the correct ruling. No doubt the relatives, the close relatives, they have rights. And the mafsad and that harm that can come about if a person doesn't go to give condolences and to pray over the person. Someone as close as your, your, your uncle, your cousin brother, then a person should pay heed to this fatwa given by Ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah. The questioner asks, what is the ruling on wearing black due to the death of someone? The answer is that wearing black for, for this occasion is from the false outward manifestations and appearances that has no origin to it. Every appearance that shows sadness and anger with the decree of Allah, with the qadr of Allah, then this is haram. And this is something that is well known is from the practices of the non-Muslims. And the Muslim is prohibited from following their ways. 
The next questioner asks, what is the ruling on the women following the funeral procession? Following the funeral procession for women, for women is prohibited. And likewise, them visiting the graves is haram. And from the major sins, because the Prophet ﷺ cursed the female visitors of the graves. Zairat al-Qubur, as has come in the hadith. This is the position of Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, and the permanent committee. However, there is another position, ayyul ikhwa. There is another position that does allow women to visit the graves from those who hold this view, Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah. And this is not the time to go into the details of the evidences of each position. However, a person can refer back to the books of the scholars. Uh, you can refer back to the Sharh of Zad al Mustaqni' of Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, and likewise, Ahkam al Janais of Sheikh Al Albani. The sister asks, What is the ruling for the wife who is in a mourning period after her husband has passed away? So, here, what is upon the wife when her husband passes away? Some of the rulings for the woman who has her husband pass away. She should avoid beautifying herself, whether that is with jewelry or makeup. She's not to wear clothes of beautification through this period, but she should wear simple clothing. She shouldn't wear perfume or eye makeup. She should also stay in the house in which she and her husband used to live in until the end of the mourning period. And that period of mourning is how long? Four months and ten days. She's not to leave except for a legislative reason such as a hospital appointment or a need that someone else cannot see to. So very important for the sisters. Again, very briefly, she's not to beautify herself, she's not to wear jewelry, makeup, she's not to wear clothing of beautification, but rather she should wear simple clothing and she should try her utmost best. She should stay in the house in which she used to live with her husband and not go out except for a legislative reason and except for a dire need. That answer was given by Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan, Hafidhullah. So we now approach the last two questions. And this particular question is probably the hottest question that we received from many a people. And the question is, what is the ruling on gathering for food in the house of the person that has passed away on the third day, or on the seventh day, or on any particular specified day? So, which is common amongst the South Asian uh, community is that when the person passes away, they gather on the fourth day after the, the death, or the seventh day, or the 14th, or the 40th, and then they gather every year. They cook food, they invite the people, they invite someone to make a long dua. So this question covers those various scenarios. So the question is, what is the ruling on these gatherings? 
and is it permissible and is it from the sunnah so this particular question ayyul ikhwa covers many issues gathering for food gathering for food in the house of the dead person for three days seven days specifying certain days like thursday so they gather in the house of the dead person for three days seven days or they specify certain days every thursday jumu'ah after 40 days the answer to this question is that which is legislated is making food for the family of the dead person according to their need and as has, as has come from the prophet وسلم, make food for the family of Ja'far because they have become busy by his death this is the sunnah not the other way around unfortunately the people have lost this sunnah and it's become the other way around where the family of the dead person now they cook food for people the wisdom behind this is is that the family of the deceased that they are preoccupied with the death and this loss and the sadness however that which the practices and the innovations that the people have brought into their religion now is the opposite of the sunnah that they the family of the in the family of the dead person that they now in their house they make food for the people and the people come together they come and gather at the house of the of the deceased person the companion jarir bin abdullah radiallahu anhu he said we used to regard very important that now here you have a companion of the messenger of allah وسلم, sahabi he said we used to regard gathering to visit the family of the deceased and making food for this gathering after the burial both as acts of wailing gathering at their house gathering at their house and making food making food for this gathering that we regarded both these actions to be acts of wailing as for the family of the dead person making food for people and holding gatherings on specific days this is an innovation giving condolences can be given in any place giving condolences can be given in any place where you meet your brother whether that is in the masjid when praying the janazah after you pray the janazah you give condolences or at the graveyard or in the street or in the market or in the in, in their home or on the phone as for holding gatherings and placing chairs and lights and a microphone and bringing a reciter for the Quran this is something that is common khatam or something they call right that they bring someone to recite the Quran in the house that this matter is all of these matters are from the innovation from from the from bid'ah from innovations those things that have been introduced into this religion it is not permissible to do any of these actions nor accept them rather it is obligatory to reject them and to advise people to leave them and goodness goodness is in following the sunnah why leave the sunnah why leave the sunnah goodness is in following the sunnah 
and abandoning innovation. That answer was given by the legend at Daim at the Permanent Committee in Saudi Arabia. And the last question of this session is what is the ruling on announcing the death of some person? The answer given by Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah that this is allowed if not done in the manner of how the people of Jahiliyyah used to do as there are some narrations concerning announcing uh, the prohibition of announcing the death of someone. However, the explanation of this, the Sheikh, he mentions that the prohibition is concerning announcing the death in the way in how they used to do in the days of Jahiliyyah. And that is that they would cry at the doors of the houses and the marketplaces and they would send someone out to announce the death in the neighborhoods and in the marketplaces. The proof for this, the proof that it is, it is allowed to announce the death is that the Prophet ﷺ came out and he announced the, the death of an Najashi and he, and he prayed over him. And that hadith is reported by the Shaykhan, uh, Imam Al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim. And a person can refer back to Ahkam al-Janais of Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah for more detail. So that brings us to a close with regards to the first part of this workshop, which was the question and answers regarding the various topics. There are many other questions, my brothers and sisters, no doubt, with regards to this affair. Then we refer you back to the books of the scholars. In particular, we have the book with regards to the funeral prayer by Sheikh Nasr al-Albani available in the bookshop. Likewise, you have the book of Fatawa by the permanent committee, also available in English. Both of them very excellent books. And if, they have, if you have any further questions with regards to the topic, then if you email through, then the brother, inshallah, will try to research the answers from the scholars and reply, bithnillah. Before I conclude on the matter, it is very important that we balance the affair, my brothers and sisters. First and foremost, by sticking to the sunnah and staying away from every innovation. And likewise, we don't go to the other extreme where we don't show emotion and love and care for our relatives and our close ones. So as Ahl Sunnah, as Salafis, we use the Sunnah as our criteria. We stay away from every single innovation because innovation will misguide you, my brothers and sisters. And on the other hand, we have the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we show care and concern for those that have passed away and their relatives by way of condolences and the other affairs that you have heard. And from the greatest things that you can do, my brothers and sisters, for the Muslim, for the deceased, for our close ones, is not to make food, not to make the annual anniversary. Rather, the greatest thing that you can do is that you make dua for your dead. That you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them and to forgive all the Muslims. It doesn't cost you a penny. It is free that you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our dead and be sincere in that. There are many things in the sunnah and due to time we can't cover them that you can do for your deceased after they have passed away. As for your father, if he has passed away, then from the sunnah that you can do for him is go visit his friends 
it is established in the sunnah that from the things that you can do for your father if he passes away go visit his friends say I am the son of so-and-so you his friend and this is established in the sunnah likewise in the sunnah it is established that you when your deceased passed away so when your loved ones pass away that the righteous child benefits that person so if your parents have passed away my brothers and sisters make dua for them ask Allah to have mercy upon them ask Allah to accept their deeds and ask Allah to grant them high station so we balance the affair between staying away from bid'ah and innovation never fall into innovation and on the other hand we balance by taking the sunnah and we make the dua for our deceased and there is success and goodness in that so we'll take a short break now for refreshments for about 10 minutes so we have some light refreshments in the back for whatever is left and likewise on the sister's side there are some light refreshments in the corridor if you'd like to take a, a stroll into the bookshop feel free inshallah we will start again at 20 to 7 which gives us 10 minutes to set up the hospital beds and move into the second part of the session which will show how we will wash the body and how we will shroud it and how we will bury it so we inshallah we will uh, uh, we will resume again at 20 to 7 inshallah